building a valuable brand with underground methods. My first question to you is this. Would you rather have one million pounds? We'll say pounds because it's worth more than dollars. Cash in hand or one million social media followers. And we're going to talk about that question at the end and figure out the best answer. So if you want to build a valuable brand with some underground methods, then I'm going to talk about some things that I've learned from the bodyguard of Michael Jackson. I've learned from billionaires. I've learned from some of the biggest social media influencers in the world. I've learned from entrepreneurs. I've learned from studying thousands of successful people and also some of my own experience. So there's probably nine or 10 factors to consider when building a valuable, disruptive brand with underground methods. Awareness into reach, online search, impact, and not, not reputation. A lot of people talk about reputation. I don't think that that should be your focus in building a brand. Investability, assets, association, omnipresence versus silence, doing good versus being someone, the evolution of media and energy. So awareness and reach. I'm sure you've heard the age old marketing acronym of ADA, A-I-D-A, Attention, Interest, Desire, Action. Well, to me, awareness is a combination of attention, interest, and maybe some desire as well. It's certainly attention and interest. Attention and interest, which create awareness, then will help create reach or you need to act to turn awareness into reach. So awareness is not who you know, it's who knows you. It's how many people can search you online, can find you on all the social channels, talk about you in conversations, think about you in their mind. There's this phrase I learned in marketing six years, 16 years ago called Mindspace. And mind space is that little space that you occupy in a certain niche or subject in someone's mind. So, you know, if you think of a running shoe, if Nike comes to mind, Nike owns that little space in your mind and therefore I'm much more likely to um, gain your attention, interest, desire, action and your sales. So in your niche, who do you think of? because they're probably the biggest or the most aware to you in your niche. And you want to be the one that becomes top of mind or builds mind space. So awareness isn't who you know, it's who knows you. And then reaches how far and wide is your awareness. And by the way, Views, downloads or listens versus clicks and actions versus purchases ver 
versus impressions is all different. So when you look at your social media algorithms and you had a million impressions, well, impressions essentially reach, but they may not have had any clicks or actions or purchases. But it's still an impression. It's still reach. So while someone actually watching my videos for 10 minutes or listening to my podcast for an hour is very valuable to me and more valuable than someone just seeing me on a scroll, if I'm always on a scroll and always in a feed, that's still really valuable because that's awareness. So attention and interest plus maybe some desire will create awareness and your reach through your impressions and views and downloads and clicks and actions. The bigger that is, the bigger your brand. Fact. And you can do that organically on media or social media, or you can do that through paid ads and lead generation, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Google. Maybe they're the main four. Will Smith has come to mind. Because when we talk about notoriety versus reputation, could you argue that Will Smith has ruined his reputation with one mad moment? I would say absolutely not. I would say that Will Will Smith was famous already and he became notorious through the slap. And will he have to eat a bit of humble pie? Of course. Is he going to have to take his punishment? Of course. Would he take that slap back and probably not do it again? Of course. But if Will Smith had massive exposure, after all, he was at the Oscars. And after all, he just launched a book that had sold millions of copies. And after all, all of his films were huge. If Will Smith now goes underground for a year, eats some humble pie, does a bit of charity work. I believe Will Smith will rise bigger and stronger than he was before, more famous and more notorious than he was before. So I'm not saying go around slapping people to try and increase your notoriety. Do not take this literally. But I believe Will Smith will be bigger because of his slap, not smaller. I believe he will be better off, not worse off. Now, his super fans will love him regardless. Anyone on the fence that didn't really care now actually cares about Will Smith because everyone's talking about him. And by the way... People who make you notorious are your haters. So I I know you're not going to want to hear this, but you want your haters to really hate you. You want your haters to be strong and passionate and even vitriolic and noisy about how much they hate you. Do you know um, Elvis, they made adjusted for inflation millions of pounds out of hater merch. So they created merch out of the critics of Elvis and made millions. I'm actually thinking of set, uh, setting up a I hate Rob and creating some merch and some forums and groups on hating Rob Moore. I probably shouldn't have said that because, uh, but I think that's genius monetizing the hate. So you want people talking about you. Whether they love you or hate you. Now, now look, I know some people are not going to like this and they're not going to feel comfortable with this. I am not saying go out and create hate. Go out and be yourself. That's what I'm saying. Go out and be yourself, but be a bigger, stronger, more exaggerated version of yourself because you'll naturally collect hate anyway. Because people hate about you what's great about you. 
people already hate people like you. Like if, if you're quite left, you already hate everyone on the right. You don't even know them yet, but you hate them. Oh, oh, you, oh you're conservative. I hate you. <laughs> you know. So, oh, you're woke. I hate you. So who you are, people already love who you are and already hate who you are before they even know who you are. So I say you play to all of that. Be yourself. But I think Will, Will Smith, I don't know if you've, if you've seen Star Wars. Um, one of the saddest moments for me in Star Wars where Obi-Wan Kenobi has found Darth Vader. And they are fighting man against man. And Luke Skywalker is just trying to catch up and he's watching from afar. And Obi-Wan stops fighting and he holds up his lightsaber and he says, Vader, strike me down and I will be more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And he allows Vader to strike him down and he becomes more powerful within the force. And you have in hate and you have in criticism and Will Smith, he is far more powerful now he's had that. Don't go and create it. Some people actually create it. Don't go and create it, but allow it. Think about that while you're sipping your tea. Okay, so the next thing on building a disruptive brand is search. Now, search used to be Google. Search is now Google, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, podcast, Amazon, Snapchat. I know I'll miss some, but you get the picture. Search is now not just Googling you. And by the way, Google recognized that because when you used to Google someone or something, all it would really show is websites. Now it shows Twitter pages, YouTube videos. By the way, who owns YouTube? <laughs> yes, Google owns YouTube. So being searchable on Google is not just having a website. It's also having YouTube videos. And you, YouTube is likely to get friendly by a search on Google because Google owns YouTube. Just like, for example, Instagram will allow cross-posting with Facebook and Facebook will allow cross-posting with Instagram because they're owned by Meta, the same company. But there is no way Instagram is going to allow cross-posting with TikTok. No way. I actually just spoke to my new account manager for Facebook. It's about my 933rd Facebook account manager. And they're working on cross-posting on Reels so that you can post a reel on Instagram and cross-post it to Facebook and vice versa very easily. If you look in your Facebook feed, it will preview some of your Instagram posts and asks you if you want to post it. Facebook didn't used to allow you to go live on multi-channels. It didn't, or, sorry, multi-parts of Facebook. It didn't like it. But now there's a cross-posting feature on Facebook, i.e. when I go live on my Rob at Rob More Progressive page, by the way, make sure you follow me on my Facebook page. That's where I do my rants. That's where I have a lot of my viral views, videos that get millions of views. So you'll definitely want to um, watch that. But now there's a tool where I can go live on my at Rob More Progressive page, but it allow me to simultaneously go live on my disruptive entrepreneur community, my e-commerce and entrepreneurs community, my progressive property community, my podcast community, and it will allow me to cross post across all channels. 
but it won't allow me to cross post. It won't allow me to send traffic away or cross post on other channels. Search is not just Google, but of course it is Google. You obviously want to make sure on page one of Google, everything on your main keywords is you and not a competitor and is good media, not bad PR. But do you know now your Facebook page is probably as relevant as your website? You don't even need a website anymore. I mean, it's good to have one. I'm building a brand new robmore.com website because I'm at that stage now where people check it and um, the credibility is really important. But I could not have a robmore.com website. I could just make sure I rank my at robmore progressive Facebook page, my at robmore progressive TikTok page, my more money secrets TikTok page. I have two TikTok channels, more money secrets and at robmore progressive. They're just about to hit 300,000 followers in no time at all. I could have my Twitter, my YouTube channel, and I could rank, dominate my keywords without even having a website. So that's how search has changed. So search is not just your .com, your .net, your .co.uk. It is For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. is what is searchable for you online and many social media channels is part of your search now. So basically you want to dominate online and you want to dominate on the generic keywords like your name and you want to dominate on the specific keywords. So um, how to manage money better. This is a keyword that I get a lot of high volume traffic search for within YouTube, etc. So this is a keyword we're going to strategically dominate. So that's a very niche keyword. And then you've got a very broad term like Rob Moore. So if I were to Google Rob Moore, let's see what happens. By the way, the rankings on Google differ depending on what country you're in. What was interesting is when I typed in Rob Moore, it auto brought up Rob Moore Matt Letizier because that's one of my recent YouTube videos that's got many hundreds of thousands of views. In fact, more than in the millions of views now. So it's interesting what it tried to get me to search. But actually now we dominate Rob Moore Matt Letizier. That's just a random. So when I type in Rob Moore, okay, robmore.com's top. Second is my Twitter and interestingly, my Paul Gascoigne podcast, which just went live yesterday, is in the feed. 
So you've got dynamic insertion in the feeds now, whereby whatever you update on social media dynamically inserts in real time in Google. So third is actually third is confronting Rob Moore, how he makes his millions, which is a video by someone who interviewed me. So someone who interviewed me is ranking higher on Rob Moore than my videos because I haven't done a Rob Moore video about Rob Moore. Hi, I'm Rob Moore and I want to tell you about Rob Moore. Rob Moore's a fucking legend. I have not done that video yet. (laughs) Interesting. The next one. Wow. Okay. so uh, how I went from zero to 100 million. That's the third ranked video. But the first two ranked videos for Rob Moore on Rob Moore on Rob Moore. There's someone interviewing Rob Moore. Next is YouTube, next is Instagram, next is Facebook, next is Amazon, next is Wikipedia. Oh, wait a minute. That Wikipedia isn't even me. It's it's another Rob Moore. We did have a Rob Moore Wikipedia and they took it down. And then last on page one is Progressive Property Co-Founders. Guess what the highest related search to Rob Moore is? This is crazy. Some people need to check their site, obviously. The highest related search of Rob Moore is Rob Moore wife. (laughs) And my wife's going to hate that. (laughs) But then we've got Rob Moore net worth, Rob Moore biography, Rob Moore companies, Rob Moore property, Rob Moore sentinels. There's clearly a guy who um, is a different Rob Moore. All right, cool. But you can essentially control that search. Okay, so we've covered awareness into reach. We've covered search online. The next thing is impact. So impact is the actions people take on search awareness and reach of you. It's what they do from searching or knowing you. Because I could have awareness in a, from a billion people, but if no one does anything based on that awareness, they don't click They don't opt in. They don't follow. They don't share. They don't buy. I've got massive awareness and no impact. So impact is results. It's reverberation. It's the seismic activity. It's the energy transfer. And I would call this notoriety over reputation. So at the start of this episode, I mentioned that people talk about reputation. I don't really think that's an important thing. I think notoriety is much more important than reputation. So when people talk about reputation, they assume a clean, squeaky, positive image. But if you focus too much on having a clean, squeaky, positive, happy, clappy image, you're going to be so vanilla that no one's going to remember you. So notoriety is the polarizing memory of you, i.e. they love parts about you, they hate parts about you, or lots of people love you and many people hate you. When you think of an American president, who do you think of? Because I bet you think of Trump. And if you don't think of Trump, I bet you think of JFK. Now, JFK is notorious for being assassinated, and I'd rather you don't create notoriety that way. But Donald Trump is notorious because they love him or they hate him. He's polarizing. He's loud. He's noisy. He's memorable. I'm not saying you have to be loud and noisy. I am saying you have to be memorable. So notoriety is far better than reputation. Now, look, don't go and screw people over. And yes, protect your reputation from critics, trolls, haters and defamers. Yes, by all means. 
but you will have more impact if you are notorious than if you are reputable. Reputable is bland and vanilla, and no one's telling you this stuff. Protect your reputation at all costs. It takes 10 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. Well, I don't know if you know who the richest sports person in the, in the world is last year was, if that makes any grammatical sense, and if grammatical is even a word. <laughs> Just making up words as I go along here. It's not Tiger Woods. I'll give you a clue. The highest earning, the richest sports person of the last year was a UFC fighter. Not Messi, not Ronaldo, not a footballer, not Lewis Hamilton. A UFC fighter. And by the way, not the best UFC fighter, not the second best, not the third best, not the fourth best, not even the eighth best. The most notorious. He even has a nickname, Notorious. It is Conor McGregor. Is Conor McGregor the best fighter? No. Is he the most notorious and impactful and memorable? Yes. Does he get the most pay-per-views? Yes. Now, I'm not saying you have to behave like him. I'm just saying you have to think like that. Whether it's the clothes you wear. Oh, Rob's got a gun holster on his T-shirt. Why is Rob wearing a backpack? <laughs> Get out of the time. Has Rob got some kind of back injury? He's wearing a back brace. You're talking about me, aren't you? You're not talking about anyone who wears a white T-shirt, are you? <laughs> okay, so we've covered awareness, reach, search, impact, notoriety over reputation. Next then is investability. So investability is where a sponsor, an advertiser, a partner, a customer, a client, a follower is prepared to invest in you, i.e. you are an asset to them. Are you investable is my question. Because you could have all the awareness and reach and search going. You could have a zillion impressions. But if you're not investable, you're not going to attract the money. You're not going to attract the partners. You're not going to attract the followers and fans. Now, by the way, being investable, there's a few ways to be investable. Way number one is, does someone want to invest their time to listen to you or watch you? That's investable. Doesn't just have to be money, which is, of course, number two. Do people want to put the cash down? Do they want to buy you, buy your reach? Do they want to sponsor you, advertise with you, for you on your platforms? How investable are you is the question you need to think about and answer. Only you will know. But here's a few tips for you. Number one, make sure your followers, your fans, your subscribers, your viewers... Make sure they actually do take some action at some point. They click, they opt in, they buy. Because the more people buy from you, the more proof you have for sponsors, advertisers and investors that people buy from you. So getting them to take an action is number one. Number two, when you're clear on your niche and everyone's clear on your niche, it's going to be really easy for you to attract sponsors and advertisers. Or easier, I should say. So if you are the money master, or if you teach people how to manage money and budget, zero and QuickBooks and apps and tools and software on money budgeting, they're going to be very interested in partnering with you. If you do nothing and everything, no one's interested. The next thing is make sure you have a loyal following, a community, because people... 
People are now investing in micro-influencers. People, brands, companies. A micro-influencer is someone who might only have 10,000 followers, not 100,000 or a million, but they've got 10,000 loyal, engaged fans, super fans. Not just a million people who clicked in 1985 or a load of bots. So investability is where you turn ideas into income, impact into income, content into cash flow. Okay, then the next is assets. So we've covered awareness into reach, search across all media, impact into notoriety, investability, time, money, and then assets. So if you talk to people in design, people in video and audio, they call content assets. And even governments will call weapons assets. <laughs> so an asset is something that produces income. That's my definition. So content can be an asset. Some of our YouTube videos on my um, at Rob Moore Progressive YouTube channel have generated tens of thousands of pounds. That's an asset. Some of my interviews on the My Disruptors podcast recently, Caitlyn Jenner, Paul Gascoigne, you know, some big names. They make many thousands or tens of thousands in income. So that podcast has become an asset. Anything that a sponsor wants to buy in terms of ads and sponsorship is an asset. Any social media tools you could turn on. So I have in-stream ads on my Facebook Live. So every Facebook Live is now an asset. If I pitch my Rob.team platform, then, on, so if I pitch Rob.team platform on my Facebook Lives, my Facebook Live has become an asset through my Rob.team membership site. If I pitch my Rob.team membership site on Clubhouse, Clubhouse has now become an asset to me via pitching Rob.team. If I turn on badges on Instagram and people donate badges when I go live on Instagram, Instagram lives have now become an asset. If I get donated, um, I think that you get diamonds on TikTok, but you get gifts on TikTok, then TikTok lives become an asset. If I have 100,000 followers and a partner says to me, I want to sponsor your channel, the channel has become an asset. If you run Zooms and sell a masterclass, your Zoom has become an asset. So anything that you can turn into income is an asset. And I see all social media, all personal brand, all channels, all content as a potential asset. Okay, then next is association. So social proof is a powerful concept where... Human beings see you more valuable the more people you associate with that are valuable. Your social status increases vicariously through association of people of high status. That's why you want a selfie with people that you really see in high social status, whether it's business or sport or celebrity or someone you follow on social media. So what you need to do is increase your association and associate people with higher social status. And that elevates up your higher social status through vicarious association. And you know what? There's quite a lot of ways to do this. You could 
Get a selfie with some people if you go to events and you meet people with high social status. You could interview them for your podcast. On Disruptors, I've interviewed David Icke and David Goggins and the, the biggest actress in Game of Thrones and 20 billionaires and Caitlyn Jenner and all, all these other people. Floyd Mayweather twice and all of these people currently, but I'm coming for them, they have higher social status than me. Well, it, no, maybe not. When it comes to property and business, I probably have higher social status than them. But when it comes to reach, when it comes to fame and celebrity, they all have higher social status than me. So I benefit in doing an interview with them because my social status gets pulled up by them. Whereas if I interviewed people with lower social status, their social status gets pulled up by me. That's why pretty much every, every guest I interview is famous. Because I want them to pull up my social status and not the other way around. Hmm. So going to networking events where there are people with high social status there and getting your photos and posting your photos on your website and social media. Getting good guests with people with higher social status. You can even buy in. Go to a charity ball. This, this works an absolute treat. Pay a few hundred quid to get on a seat in a charity ball or sometimes less and go and get photos with the celebs. Now, don't, by the way, what some people do is bullshit. And they're like, they get a photo at a charity ball. Like, yeah, I'm in business with, you know, yeah. No, don't bullshit. But the photo is the photo. The photo is true. Collaborations. Do collaborations with people a bit above your weight, punching above your weight. Okay, next then. We're talking about building a valuable brand in maybe some underground or um, ways that aren't very well known or ways that people don't talk about in this capacity. Remember, the big one is notoriety over reputation every time. And that's a big myth buster. This is the next one. And I learned this from Michael Jackson's bodyguard who learned this from Michael Jackson. <laughs> OK, so we assume, don't we, that to have a big brand, we need to be everywhere. We need to be omnipresent. We need to be on all channels. We need to have millions of people that know us or tens or hundreds of thousands of people that know us. Yes and no. Because on the way up, when you're not that well known, you want to do everything you can to be well known, to be omnipresent, to be seen by millions. Yes, you do. But you'll get to a point when you are overexposed. And overexposure is damaging, i.e. where people tune out, don't listen to you anymore, don't take any action, aren't really interested because you're everywhere. And when you're everywhere, you're nowhere. So the cycle of building a powerful brand is what Michael Jackson used to do. And he was obviously one of the masters that's ever lived. You know, Michael Jackson's white glove on one hand. Do you know the reason Michael Jackson wore one white glove? Do you know the reason why Michael Jackson's trousers were too short? Do you know the reason why Michael Jackson wore white socks pulled up with black shoes? Do you know the reason Michael Jackson wore a face mask? Do you know the reason why Michael Jackson taped his nose? All of these things he did are for the same one reason. So that people would ask why. So that people would ask why. That's very powerful. Why does Rob wear a hardest gun holster backpack brace? So that people will talk about it. I actually happen to love Alexander McQueen. It's my favorite brand. So there's some brand loyalty there. So on the way up, you need to build omnipresence, notoriety. You need to get them talking about you. And those ways 
make people talk about you. But as soon as you become a bit overexposed, what do you need to do? The opposite, you need to go silent. And Michael Jackson for months would go silent and no one would hear about him. And everyone would be like, where's Michael Jackson gone? And he builds up the hunger for him again. And then bang on the release or the the pre-promotion of a new album, all of a sudden Michael Jackson is everywhere courting all the media. So omnipresent silence, omnipresent silence. And you go on this like cycle of it. But no point going silent when you haven't got any presence at all. So you've got to build up that omnipresence first. Okay, next thing then is something that Nigel Farage told me. So Nigel Farage is actually the most famous UK person I've ever walked down the street with. And by the way, I've walked down the street with some super famous people, people you'd think are way more famous than Nigel Farage. But when you walk down the street with Nigel Farage, every 10 steps, someone is stopping him. You literally can't get anywhere. You can't even get down one street every 10 steps. He's that famous. And he said to me, Rob, people get into politics for two reasons. One, because they want to be somebody. Two, because they want to do something. This is powerful when it comes to a brand. In the short term, you'll build a brand by wanting to be somebody. But in the long term, you'll build a far more powerful brand if you want to do something. So being somebody is like, oh, I'm going on reality TV and I want to be Instagram famous. Look at me. You know, I'm somebody. I'm seen. I'm a C-list celebrity. So a lot of people get into career politics, which is just getting into politics to just advance their career. And they're the people who want to be someone. But the people who want to do something are the people who are on a mission to change the world, to do something good, to be valuable and useful. I believe you should focus on the do something rather than the be someone. Now, there's no harm in wanting to be someone. There's no harm in wanting to build your brand. But make sure underneath it, there's some tangible substance. You know, you want to do something. I want to help as many people on this planet get better financial knowledge. That's what I want to do. That's freaking meaningful and far more meaningful than me being famous for whatever reason. Okay, and then we've got two more. I hope you found this really useful. And if you haven't, well, tough shit. (laughs) And if you have, it's a pleasure to um, be investable in terms of my content for you. Okay, the evolution of social media. Social media this week is different from last week. This month is different from last month. This year is different from last year. It changes all the time. And I'm not even going to say what's working right now because it will timestamp this. But social media evolves. And what worked last week, month or year either within a platform or from platform to platform evolves. So instead of getting pissed off about something that isn't working anymore that used to work, either figure out what's changed or test a new platform. And it is like water. Bruce Lee, be like water. That's actually a reasonably good impression if you've ever heard him. That was not bad for me. I'm normally terrible at impressions. But he says to be like water, be fluid, be agile, be dynamic ever-changing, ever-moving. You know, you put your hand in the water, you're never going to touch the same water twice. And you've got to be like this with media and social media because it is changing so fast. And some people, they just want to figure out one channel that works and it stays working forever and I don't have to do anything else. 
Yeah, I'd love that too. But that's not the way it is. Podcasts have changed. Interviewing guests has changed. TikTok has changed. And by the way, that's one of the newer ones. Facebook's got so many different platforms within the platform. What gets engagement has changed. And you've got to evolve. And how do you evolve? Well, following me will help because I try and stay right on top of the evolution of social media. So you saw me, I became one of the top 100 followed people on Clubhouse. I've now got um, multiple TikTok accounts, which are growing super fast. My Facebook lives used to be huge. Then they died and now they're big again. Focusing more on YouTube, obviously building out the Disruptors podcast and getting some worldwide disruptors. I'm testing just about every channel. And here's the thing. If, you've, if you evolve with social media, you will find that virality before anyone else because the virality is fairly early. You know, you're not really got virality on, say, Instagram anymore. Uh, it's 10 plus years old, isn't it? I mean, if go, go back to Vine and MySpace. I mean, they're dead. And I, I'm sure some of these new disruptive channels, maybe like Parler or Truth or Rumble or Getter, I'm sure one of these or Elon Musk, if he does buy Twitter or some channel we've never even heard of, is going to come and be the new disruptor. So that's why you should probably follow me on all channels, not just the one you're watching or listening right now on. Because I'm testing content on all channels all the time. Let me be your crash test dummy. Okay, and then the final element of building a disruptive brand with maybe some underground techniques is energy. So people don't really talk about energy, but a brand is essentially an energy transfer. Money is an energy transfer. A sale is an energy transfer. Like if you associate with my brand, that means that when you see, hear, of me or me, there's some kind of energy transfer. Hopefully I'm a bit of a pick-me-up. Hopefully I'm a bit of an in-your-face. You know, I'm known for my rants and that's how I want to be. I want to be a bit of a pattern interrupter. I don't mind having people say I'm gobby and ranty and I shout and whatever. I'm, you know, too noisy. That's fine. I'll, I'll accept that cost. But your brand should have energy around it. It should trigger an, an action, which is in an energy transfer. And that could be enthusiasm, passion, relentlessness, persistence, warmth, giving, kindness, trans, you know, a, a fair exchange, transaction, environment. But if there's no energy, there's no brand. Emotion, energy in the form of emotion. Why do we love songs? Because they make us feel something. Why will we go and tell everyone about our favorite brand? Because they make us feel something. I am very loyal to Alexander McQueen and I buy all their harness items. It's a harness, not a gun holster. Because the emotion that Alexander McQueen and the Alexander McQueen documentary and the clothes that they evoke in me makes me feel something. Whereas high street clothing doesn't make me feel anything. You know the famous saying, People will forget what you told them, but never forget how you made them feel. Okay, so remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And I hope you enjoyed this new talk on building a valuable brand. We covered awareness from attention and interest and desire into reach. We covered search online, not just on Google, but on mul multiple channels, wherever people search. Because people search now in different channels. They search in WhatsApp groups. 
That not everyone searches on Google anymore. They search within apps. Then we covered impact, which is the actions that people take based on your reach. And we covered notoriety over reputation any day of the week. We covered investability. Do people want to stop and watch and listen and share and buy? We covered assets, turning every piece of content of your brand into an asset to create an ROI, a time ROI or a money ROI, or a share ROI, or a viral ROI. All the social media tools that um, you could unlock to turn all your content into an asset. Your sponsors and advertisers that you attract that make your content an asset. Then we covered association whereby you elevate your social status vicariously associated with other people of high social status. We covered being omnipresent and getting to be known by everyone. And then when you're overexposed, going silent and hiding away and then coming out when people are hungry for you again. So you don't commoditize yourself and make yourself overexposed. We talked about doing good versus being someone and have a good mission more than just wanting to be something. And then we talked about the evolution of social media and staying on top of the evolution and testing new platforms and tools all the time. And then how a brand is a transfer of energy and enthusiasm and passion and desire and relentlessness and hunger and all these other emotions. And if you can transfer energy and emotion, you're going to have a powerful brand. Thanks for tuning in.